Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Maybe you got the new ESPN Montana app rule. No matter how you're listening in, thanks so much for being here. Concert season begins tonight. Can't wait. 311, Kettle House Amphitheater. Should be a fun one. Uh, I guess concert season's been going because I've actually been to a couple shows at the Wilma. I should say Amphitheater season is rolling, so... Uh, We'll talk about that intermittently throughout the show. We'll also talk all the way around the wide world of sports here in the state of Montana. If you want to listen to the show, stream the show other than the radio or the TV, you can always use that ESPN Montana app. Great way to listen to the show live and or archived. You can also stream on 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live. We're coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Ton to get to today. We're going to do a little Big Sky Conference blindside. Uh, right off the top here, because we had a great conversation about Big Sky Conference basketball yesterday. So myself and Andrew Houghton have a couple questions for each other here to get things kicked off. We also had our basketball discussion bleed over the entire Montana sports hour yesterday. It basically became the Montana basketball hour. So I had some NFL stuff I wanted to talk about. 
NFL and the Big Sky Conference. So we'll uh, get to that here about 4.30. It's also a Tuesday. So that means we have a Tagliari Tuesday for you. A $25 gift card to Tagliari Deli here in Missoula. So uh, stay tuned for that about 445-406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. That's the number you're going to want to remember to win uh, the gift card from Tagliari. We're also going to talk some PGA Championship. I actually love golf, and I, lo- I love talking about golf. It's actually kind of crazy that we didn't get to any PGA Championship yesterday during the show, even though it wrapped up on Sunday, because it was a crazy ending, a really crazy ending, in fact. So we'll get to Justin Thomas's rally and uh, the demise of a hopeful first-time major champion. Hour number two, it's a Tuesday, so that means it's the uh, second Tuesday of the month. It's a business angle with Justin Angle. We do this twice a month, the overlay between business and sports Justin, a professor of business down there at the University of Montana. And as we do every Tuesday, we have our Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union, highlighting some of the best individual performances in the state of Montana by Montanans. Very track heavy today. Uh, So we'll highlight some of the best individual performances from around the state this last weekend at the Divisional Track Meet State on the Horizon. So there you go. It's a show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any real estate questions you might have, give the Wahlberg team a call today. Northwest Motorsport Studios presented by Northwest Motorsport. New to Missoula, new to Montana, located at the corner of Stevens and Mount. You can also find them online at nwmsrocks.com. Earlier today, we're going to have a couple of Big Sky Breakdown podcasts for you on SkylineSportsMT.com. Also, <laughs> dove into a project I didn't expect to take nearly as long as it did. It was fun to do, very interesting. But I have a new table up there on SkylineSportsMT.com highlighting all of the current NFL, CFL, and USFL connections to the Big Sky Conference. So all of the people that are currently involved in professional football in America and Canada that have any tie to the Big Sky, whether they played and or coached at one of the league's schools, that's up there right now. And uh, it took me actually like four days to do it, not four full days. But, I mean, it probably took me a good 15 hours to put it all together. But go check that out if you're interested. But it just got me thinking about all things Big Sky Conference and sort of the state of the league and uh, where we're at with an ever-evolving league. The Big Sky has had many iterations of the same conference. It's had many iterations of the the priorities the conference has put on particular sports. We've also seen the membership change quite often uh, in perspective, you know, sort of in comparison to other leagues across the country. If you first had some of the charter members like Nevada, Idaho, Boise State leave, I guess Boise State was not a charter member, but a longstanding member. But all three of those schools left in the mid 90s. You had Northern Colorado's addition to the league in 2006. Then you had the expansion of the league, absorbing the Great West Conference, which included North Dakota and Southern Utah as full-time members, UC Davis and Cal Poly as affiliate members in football only. Then you had the return of Idaho to the Big Sky. That's a unique situation. I don't really know how many schools have ever left a league and then came back to the same league, especially when the league that they left for was a higher division of football than the league they came back to was essentially dropping down. So um, we've seen a, a bunch of iterations, and now we have a new iteration coming up with 
North Dakota leaving the league after the 2018 season. Southern Utah now officially out of the league as well. So it, it continues to evolve, and I think that it's going to continue to evolve for better or for worse. So let's do a little Big Sky Conference blindside. I'll ask the first question here. Andrew Houghton, our producer, back in the saddle. Uh, fun getting back in the rhythm because he, he and I uh, weren't actually on the radio for most of the month of May together, but now we are back at it. So fun having Andrew uh, back in the saddle here. Uh, so, Andrew, my question for you is this. The Northern Arizona track and field and cross-country conglomerate, as it is, is, I think, indisputably the greatest sports program, the most prominent and the most uh, nationally competitive sports program that exists in the Big Sky Conference. Northern Arizona, a multiple-time team champion in men's cross-country, a true contender. When they, like, we have 17 Montana State athletes and six Montana athletes headed to regionals that begins tomorrow, the NCAA West Regionals. And there's certainly a, a, a smattering of athletes that will post marks that are either borderline NCAA qualifying or certainly NCAA qualifying. Athletes like Duncan Hamilton from Montana State, his steeplechase time is already good enough that he's going to go to nationals no matter what he does at the regionals this week. But there's no the, the team portion of track and field is over for every school in the Big Sky and most schools around the country, except for about 15 or 20 programs. Northern Arizona happens to be one of those programs. They will absolutely be in the mix on both the men's and women's side for regional titles, and they'll be in the mix at the national meet as well. So they're indisputably the best athletic program as a whole, and it sort of is encompassing of multiple different actually programs because you have men's and women's cross-country plus men's and women's indoor and outdoor track. But that whole conglomerate, certainly the cream of the crop in the big sky. My question, my blindside question for you, Andrew, is what is the second most prestigious program in the big sky right now? Mm, great question. Talking about like on a national level. Sure, yeah. I was thinking about this over the weekend, more in terms of who could make the jump up there. Right. Because I was watching a little Weber State softball. Right, that's an interesting one. In the in the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, and I was thinking about what they would need to do to get up there consistently. Um, I mean, I don't think that you can consider any of the football teams because the FCS is sort of its own thing here. And I, For sure. I'm not sure that's really in the spirit of the question. For sure. I would think, man. There's a lot of teams that are in contention and or if the school decided to pour uh, exponential resources into those programs, they could be, but there's not really a definitive answer, I don't think. I don't think, and because I think it needs to be a team and a program that, first of all, I mean, the first step towards doing this is dominating the Big Sky Conference. Right. And there's a lot of competition in a lot of those sports, just in, in the conference. I mean, you you need to be winning the conference every year to have a chance to step forward into the national discussion. Uh, Montana soccer's up there. See, my the two first the the, the top two can I think I think they're the three candidates that sprung to my mind right away or all three actually women's sports. Weber State softball, who I believe went something like 
47 and 6 or something like that this year. I mean, they they won almost every game that they had leading up to the national. How'd they do the national tournament? One loss in conference, and then they run ruled everybody in the conference tournament. We were talking about how softball was the most (laughs) random sport going in the conference tournament. Except for Weber State. They smoked everybody this year. Um, they lost their. They were in the Seattle Regional with yeah. Washington, Texas, and Lehigh. They lost their first game. Neither Washington or Texas went into an elimination game against Lehigh, and this was the game I was watching over the weekend. Um, had a lead until late in that game, gave it up in the top of the seventh, and lost by a run to Lehigh, and and sort of were out. But that's the other reason. I mean, you can win games at the national tournament if you're a three or a four seed because you're going to have that elimination game. You're going to be playing probably another low major in that elimination game. I mean, you can win games there and get that momentum just because of the structure of the tournament. I mean, it's not a two playing a 15 in March Madness. For sure. I think that the other things that sort of cater to Weber sort of maintaining that spot among certainly the elite in the big sky and, and potentially a regional power, their location, there's great prep sports in Utah. Also, though, being in Ogden right next to Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City is, I don't know, I think last time I looked, it was like the 38th largest city in America. But Salt Lake's airport is one of the biggest hubs in the United States. So that really helps recruiting because you can get flights in and out of everywhere. So you can recruit on a national level. But then you also have the tradition and the facilities. They have both of those things. Uh, they have recent tradition for sure, and they have pretty good facilities. So uh, that's that's an interesting one for sure. The other two programs that popped to my mind, though, were... Montana State women's track and field. And I actually think that Montana State track and field in general is the answer. They are way far away from Northern Arizona. But if you continue to chase Northern Arizona, you could get up there. I mean, in cross country, they were receiving top 25 votes in the, on the men's side. And on the women's side in track, they've become a, a certainly a regional, uh, at least player, maybe not uh, power, but player. They, they're a regionally elite team now. They have sort of distanced themselves on the women's side in track and field from everybody in the league besides NAU. Yeah, and I love the point about Northern Arizona sort of just, you know, leading off and sort of chasing. You have a team that you can chase and compete against in conference that's going to, you know, if you're chasing that, you're chasing the the top of the national rankings. And then the last one I thought of was Montana soccer. I think that the number one thing that Montana soccer has, well, I think a couple things. I think Chris Chudovitsky has tremendous vision. I think he has, I think he has a true plan that is, that includes um, being nationally competitive or regionally competitive at least. They also have a, a pipeline going right now of young ladies that play at Montana. They go to the pros. That helps a lot. Like when you can go into a high-level recruit from the region and say, hey, we've spent, we've sent such and such number of players to the to the professional ranks. That resonates, I think, quite a bit. The men's side, unfortunately, I think that outside of probably the track and field that we're talking about, I don't really know where else you make any progress. And that has nothing to do with the investment or passion or anything in men's sports in the Big Sky Conference. It's a reality of the, of the continued gap between the Power Five. Like, there's no real world I can see in which an, a Big Sky men's basketball program becomes like a bona fide, like a Wichita State. Because you just can't, there, there's so many things that hold it back. The the most prestigious programs in the league, they can't get big dogs to come play them on their home court anymore. That reality has sailed. And it's all because of money. So I don't really know how you could ever really make any waves 
uh, in men's basketball. Football, the gap is so far from FBS. And so I don't really know uh, how you make any progress in men's sports. That's an unfortunate truth. Yeah, it would have to be one of those niche sports, I think, for the men. I think we saw a lot some progress from the tennis teams, the men's tennis teams this See, that's spring. actually an interesting one. I actually think that because Missoula and Bozeman are such draws from a lifestyle perspective, yeah. then, you know, a sport where one guy or two or three athletes can change the whole dynamic, that's the ones that could take off. Like, it's not out of the question that Montana or Montana State could land, like, a guy who's in the top 50 international tennis players in the world as a youth, right? That's that's where you set the pace. Like you, well, well and but, like, but like the Grizz or Cat men's basketball team is not going to beat Duke for a guy ever. Whereas the Grizz tennis team could get some dude from Ireland and beat like a bunch of prestigious schools because this kid just doesn't know. And he's like, oh, Missoula's sweet. I'll go live there. Well, and here's the other thing for sports like tennis and for golf in Missoula and Bozeman. We're seeing the demographics of these cities change we're seeing a lot of money coming sure. in and those are sort of the sports where you know you have generally more r- richer kids playing sure. um and and you get the individual coaching and stuff like that so i think we'll see you know the golf and tennis scenes just around here build up and that you know probably helps the programs at some point yeah that's actually an interesting one too like when is it going to happen that the number one youth golfer in the country moves to Big Sky, Montana, and then that person just goes like that. There's no guys golfing in the state of Montana, but let's say, like, let's say a, a top tier junior golfer, a female, moves to somewhere in Montana, Bozeman or Big Sky or something, and then just right. goes to Montana State. That that's going to be the thing that right. maybe vaults it into the stratosphere. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, but I think you're right as far as the big men's team sports. I mean, the gap is just is just too big. But I mean, there's so much that has to go right when we're talking yeah. about making that jump. I mean, you have to get the right person at the head of that program. Um, you know, like we're talking about with Montana soccer. Um, you know, you see that with Weber State softball, and then they have to have the time. They have to have the time and the uh, you know the input, the the investment to sort of build off their vision there. So it's it's tough. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, or maybe the ESPN Montana app. Go get the app in your life. I promise you. Great way to keep track of all the things going on here at ESPN Radio, including this show right here. You can stream it and or listen to it live and or archived each and every day. Just go on your app store. Just download ESPN Montana app. It's easy. It's free and a great way for you to keep up with us. Andrew Houghton joining me, Colter Nuwana's here doing a little Big Sky Conference blindside. All right, what you got for me? Uh, we just had the schedule, I guess, announced for the Big Sky kickoff in Spokane, which okay. is an event that we both look forward to every year, sort of the kickoff of football season there, as it were. Yep. Uh, let's uh, let's toss Bobby Houck and Brent Vegan out of it. Which coach are you most looking forward to sitting down with at the kickoff this year? It's not even a question. He's the future co-host of the show, if and when he's ever not a college football coach. I am committing it for him. I don't even care what he says. I thought you might go this way. He was, at the very least, he will have a required segment on this show. It's the funniest guy, I think, in the history of the league, Bruce Barnum, Portland State head coach. He, I mean, hell, next month we have the EB Craning Awards and, uh, Humbled and honored to be uh, nominated for 
sports coverage of the year and, and radio broadcaster of the year again. And uh, I'm pretty sure that my my reel with Bruce Barnum two years ago won this station a craney. <laughs> just Bruce Barnum just going crazy. Uh, no, he's so funny. He also, the thing is, Bruce Barnum like hams it up and tries to play himself as sort of like this this Chris Farley meets, uh, you know, Legion of Doom professional wrestler or something. Barnum's so smart. Like, he remembers everything. He remembers everything about me and us and the family and the and Skyline Sports and what's going on at ESPN Missoula and, you know, what's this guy doing? What's that guy doing? Like, he knows. He, he keeps track of all of it. He's he's He might seem like he's full of it, but actually he's not. He's like one of the smartest guys in the room at all times. But also, beyond all of that, He's just great to talk ball with as well. So, um, yeah, no, much look forward to uh, seeing Barnum. But that was kind of low-hanging fruit. That's kind of an easy answer. I think the, the, the other one is Jason Eck at Idaho. In putting together this table that I have on SkylineSportsMT.com of all the connections in the NFL and the CFL to the Big Sky Conference, man, Idaho has a ton. Man, did Idaho once have a incredibly proud program and I, I can't help but believe that it's almost a guarantee that a breath of fresh air will be that exactly that a breath of fresh air for that program and that university I also knew coach Eck in a limited capacity when he's the offensive line coach at Montana State he was only there for one season and then he was part of well he wasn't really even a part of it because he was only there for one year but then that whole staff unceremoniously got fired uh when Rob Ash, the rise and fall of Rob Ash is a whole podcast episode that we'll have to do someday. But um, I really enjoyed Eck while he was there. Also just very interested to see how he does in a head coaching role. I think that he's really reignited the interest in the fan base. I think he's ignited interest in Idaho for rival schools too. I think people that aren't at that aren't associated with Idaho are paying attention to Idaho quite a bit more. So, um, We'll see. We'll, we will definitely see. But I I, uh, I am looking forward to the Big Sky kickoff. Um, no Southern Utah, they won't be there. They have a new head coach, but we won't get a chance to talk to him at this event. Uh, it's always fun talking to Jay Hill just because I know Jay Hill doesn't like doing that st- sort of stuff. But Jay Hill loves talking ball, and he doesn't get to talk a lot of ball at that sort of stuff. It's more like sort of fun and summer-style questions. So I love going and getting getting him early and getting him rolling, talking football. Um, how about you, though? Who, who are you looking forward to, to seeing and catching up with? Well, I think Jason Eck is a good answer because I think you're right. I mean, the conference is better when Idaho is, you know, not good, but just, like, relevant in a way that they haven't been in the last couple of years because well, I do the, think that that ignites interest around a bunch of the other fan bases. The, the other thing about Idaho is that what they've had going the last couple of years is one of the, the most disappointing situations you can be in for a fan base. Idaho's talent level is far down the list of why Idaho hasn't been winning in the Big Sky Conference. That's exponentially so frustrating for people that follow it. Like, when you watch Idaho, you watch them line up, you watch them warm up, you watch them battle with the teams, you're like, they got a bunch of talent. They got dudes that play hard. I know I know those guys who don't don't look like anybody else in the conference. I mean, just in terms I mean, of body type, like Noah Ellis, three sixty, and going sure, to the man. NFL, like Rashawn Johnson. I mean, who's for like sure. two forty running back. Like they just for have sure. guys that nobody else in the conference has. I mean, pretty much. I mean, 
I, I know that there's a lot of people that are listening to this show that are either Grizzlies or Bobcats. And one of the only things that Grizz and Bobcats share in common is they hate Idaho. <laughs> but to be completely frank, I mean, let's really be honest about this. If you if you go back 35, let's go back to like the mid-1980s when Dennis Erickson's the head coach at Idaho. Pretty much every guy that's played quarterback at Idaho has gone pro. Like, think about the run from Ken Hobart through John Fries and Doug Nussmeyer, you know, all the way up until in recent years even. Matt Linehan, Jake Luton, who didn't even get any run there. He was starting games for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He he got as much run in the NFL as he did at Idaho. How many running backs from Idaho? I mean, they've had, like, poor man Ezekiel Elliott playing running back for them for, like, years. And uh, so, you know, like I said, we don't really need to delve into it too much, but the thing that's been holding Idaho back more, more than anything has nothing to do with talent. And so if they can keep that talent and have more direction, more of an identity, maybe try to play offense, <laughs> it would help them uh, incredibly. But I do th- I agree. I think the league is better when Idaho is better. Yeah, I would also say somebody like Charlie Raggle at Idaho State. I mean, I'm just interested in that because Man, yeah. I, I covered them and I've, you know, sort of dipped out of there right before he got hired. And I'm sort of interested to see what kind of guy he is in person. Yeah. Um, Interested to see maybe if Ed McCaffrey's there, I'd love to talk to him because well, Ed, Ed McCaffrey know, missed ghosted him last, it year. last year. Yeah. yeah, it was so interesting though because we ended up having some drinks with a bunch of the sports information people, and uh, I, the the guy at Northern Colorado was pretty new, and I was like, hey man, like I know that Ed McCaffrey's like a 13 year NFL veteran or whatever, but like there are some people that want to talk to him, and you should like facilitate that because. It's a bad look that he's not here. I was like, you might think that it's not worth Ed McCaffrey's time to be on the radio or on TV in Montana, but it is. So, But then Ed McCaffrey was really gracious with his time. He came on this show three times last year. So McCaffrey being there would be interesting for sure. The other thing I think that's so interesting in the league right now is there's so many coaches. Well, I guess first got to identify trends always exist, whether it comes to coaching hires or who – who's running what, but one of the trends for hiring head coaches in the big sky was getting power five assistants and hiring them. Well, there's also been several guys that were power five assistants that were trying to get head coaching jobs in the big sky that um, have been in the mix for multiple jobs in this league. Charlie Regal was calling Montana State before Charlie Regal landed at Idaho State. Chris Ball was one of the finalists at Montana State with Jeff Choate before landing at Northern Arizona. Jay Hill, once upon a time, had his name in the hat at Montana before they hired Bob Stitt. So uh, there's all these guys that, you know, wanted this job and then got this job. That's always an interesting dynamic, too, because I think that even though the coaches are never going to talk about it, it's always funny just sort of watching. I think the other thing that's so fascinating about the event it's just watching the way that all of the coaches interact with the Montana coaches. Because it doesn't matter what any of the coaches in the league say. They all would die to have the resources and the fan base that the Montana schools have. Like They'll never say it directly, but they're saying it indirectly by saying, well, yeah, you know, all of these things that we have, my vision would work even better if I had the Champion Center or if I had the Bobcat Athletic Complex. So uh, it is interesting. Football. Coming quicker than you think, July 25th, the Big Sky kickoff, so just a couple months down the road. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. 
uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep on doing this and also continue our Big Sky conversation when it comes to the NFL uh, and some of the people in the NFL with Big Sky Conference ties. But we're up against it, so we'll take a break. We'll be back at it. More Big Sky Blindside, more Big Sky to the NFL. It's Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The Lady Grizz dropped the bombshell of the Big Sky Conference offseason thus far by landing a transfer of one of the most accomplished point guards in the league. Hello, I am Coulter Duanez. Over the weekend, Gina Markson announced she is transferring to the University of Montana. Markson, a 5'8 point guard from Sammamish, Washington, was the Big Sky Freshman of the Year 2019 for the Idaho Vandals for earning all-conference honors the next two seasons. Markson was a first-team all-league pick in 2020 as a sophomore, helping lead Idaho to the Big Sky Tournament title game that was ultimately called off because of the first wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. Markson sat out the 2021-22 season for undisclosed reasons. She will play her final season with the Lady Grizz. The transfer portal kept churning for incoming and outgoing athletes from Montana and Montana State. Former Grizz basketball standout Derek Carter-Hollinger has a new home. The 2019 Big Sky Freshman of the Year will transfer and play his final season at Bethune-Cookman. On the Montana State football front, wide receivers Charles Brown and Jaden Smith have found new homes in their home state of Texas. Brown will transfer to Texas State of the FBS, while Smith will transfer to Tarleton State of the FCS. And finally, the Grizz men's hoops team landed two players over the weekend. A.J. Moody, formerly of Southern Utah, and Jonathan Brown, a transfer from Central Methodist of the NAIA, a part of a group of nine new Grizz this offseason. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Put it in a song and it goes like Redemption for me tonight. I've told this story on the show a couple of times, but once upon a time, I saved up all my pesos so I could go down to watch the uh, 311 Sugar Ray concert at the Adams Center. I happened to be like 12 years old, maybe 13 years old. And uh, <laughs> my old man told me that I couldn't go unless I found a ride to and from, or if I walked. It seemed like a long walk from uh, north of Missoula. <laughs> so we ended up not going. So, 12-year-old me is very excited to see 311 22 years later at the Kettle House Amphitheater tonight. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for tuning in. Go get that ESPN Montana app. It's going to really help you out, I promise. Great way to watch Grizz Lacrosse, Grizz Hockey, 
and watch and or listen to this show every single day, either live or archived. Our Big Sky Conference conversation continues. I got one more Big Sky blindside for Andrew Houghton, our producer, uh, rolling with us here on ESPN Radio. Um, on the note of sort of the, the uh, we won't even call it the glass ceiling because it's more like a concrete ceiling that many of the, the especially revenue men's sports in the Big Sky Conference have. Our, by the way, if you missed the first part of the show, we were talking about the most prestigious athletic program in the Big Sky Conference that is not Northern Arizona cross country and track and field, just in terms of the, uh, on a nationally competitive scale. And uh, on that note that we were talking about how there isn't a ton of ability to be completely nationally competitive for sports like football and men's basketball because of the financial realities. It's point blank. That's just is what it is. But on that note, Andrew, we've talked about this extensively on the show, but we haven't talked about it that much lately. What is your thought and opinion on the Montana schools and their future in the Big Sky Conference? Could you see a scenario in which they moved up? And if so, is that a good or a bad thing? Would you like that? Would you not? What are the pros and cons? Well, the pros are pretty obvious. I mean, we talk about the name recognition of these schools that they're playing and that, you know, Southern Utah, Portland State, Sacramento State doesn't really move the needle for for people showing up. For sure. And it doesn't move the needle, certainly, for, uh, you know, getting on Sports Center. Right. When you're in the FBS, and I think that this move would be... Uh, I think this move has more pros for the football side than it does for maybe the other sports. See, I think the biggest pros would be in basketball. Like, if, let's say the dream, or I guess not even dream, but the ideal scenario that Montana and Montana State got in the Mountain West, that's where I think you can experience so much elevated popularity. Because on a cold Thursday night in Missoula, you know, strapping the three kids up in the Suburban and driving down to Dahlberg Arena to watch Northern Colorado isn't happening. It, it is happening. They, they draw okay, but it's not... They draw well, actually, comparatively. But a lot more people are going to go see San Diego State and Wyoming and Boise State when they're in town than any of the schools in the big sky, right? Yes. And you can, I, I and, think- and you can also... You also change what you're playing for because if you get the biggest issue with the Big Sky Conference in basketball is that it's a one bid league and that's never changing. Right. Montana or Montana State could certainly try to invest the resources into becoming the fourth best team in the Mountain West. And if you do that, then you can be an NCAA tournament team without winning your conference tournament. Right. You're thinking about it from like a from like a local angle. I just think that there's so much FCS is so far off the national radar. Right. And you're what you want is national recognition to, you know, I one of my big hobby horses is that the University of Montana and Montana State University should be advertising and uh trying to draw a lot more out of state students. And sports is one of the ways to do that when yep. you're on Sports Center and you're in the NCAA bracket. Um, so that that's the way I'm seeing. I mean, the FCS and low major basketball is just so far off the radar. It's more of a curiosity than anything. The biggest argument against moving up, particularly in football, has always been well, it, when the Montana schools are in the national conversation 
for, for national championship contention. That conversation isn't that broad nationally, but they're still in competition for national championships. Both Montana and Montana State will be bona fide national championship contenders this upcoming fall in football. The argument against moving up has always been, if you're not nationally relevant, you're not national contenders, then you're irrelevant. Do you buy or sell that? I guess what I'm asking you is, would Washington Grizzly have half full stands if they were in the Mountain West and they were just mediocre? No. I don't think so either. I think that the hope, no, of, I, I the hope of winning is, is, is all that matters, right? So I think if these two schools moved up and just were 500 for 15 years, they'd still sell out every single, t- every single home game. And guess what? If you go 6-5 and five and you end up in a bowl, the Holiday Bowl's got more viewers than the FCS National Championship game or whatever crappy bowl it is that you're in. <laughs> for sure. Ah, it's also, it's also muddled. It's all so much about just money, and that's the uh, the biggest issue here. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. A little big sky blindside for you here on your Tuesday. Sorry to get depressing there for a minute. Um, I want to rehash our discussion from last week about the ties between success in the Big Sky Conference in football and professionals that are a part of your program, pro football players, guys that go pro. It's not some crazy revelation to say that the teams with the most pros are the best teams in the Big Sky Conference, but it is a pretty linear transition. Like, if you look at the last, I call the modern era of the Big Sky Conference from 2012 till now, the last 10 years, because that's when the league has been the most diluted, just in terms of how many teams are in it, the unbalanced schedule, uh, eight different states, three different time zones, all the, the different facts that we always spew. But if you look at it, over that last 10 years, it's been pretty tried and true that you need a handful of guys with the ability to play professionally and make money playing football to be a Big City Conference Championship contender. And I think that's the thing that Montana had that Montana doesn't have. Like right now, there's only two guys associated with the University of Montana football program that are making money playing football, and both of them are in their first professional camps, their first times trying to make pro rosters. Omar Hicksonu is up in um, up in Canada, and Dylan Cook is fighting for a roster spot down in Tampa Bay. Other than that, there's no other guy on an NFL, CFL, or USFL roster that played for the Grizz. That is such a far cry for... I mean, there was a moment in time when there was 20-plus guys from Montana that were just in the NFL, and it's been a while uh, since that's been a reality. But then you look at Southern Utah, a smattering of guys in the NFL and the CFL. That's why they had that, the run of a really good run when they made the playoff three times in five years, won the Big Sky two times. Weber State shared multiple conference titles in a row. Well, they have a handful of guys in the NFL. Eastern Washington. They have the most pros of any school in the league. They have 12 guys right now on pro rosters, five in the NFL, and then three more that are fighting for NFL roster spots, and then five more, so I guess four more fighting for NFL roster spots, and then five more in the uh, Canadian Football League. And, you know, Eastern won the league five out of the last 10 years, so it's not really surprising. Direct correlation. North Dakota had a good run where they made the playoffs a couple times and 
uh, won the Big Sky Conference, went undefeated actually in the Big Sky Conference. Well, they got guys on NFL and CFL rosters. Right now, Montana State has eight guys on professional rosters. So I just I think that you need more, and I also think it's pretty crazy where Montana has fallen to in terms of this exact litmus test. And we'll see if they can get that part turned around. I think there's more than just the talent on the roster. I think there's connectivity, uh, connections. I think that there's... um, I actually think one of the most underrated parts of the lack of pros coming out of the University of Montana has been the lack of the agent to get the guys to the pros. For so long, Ken Stanager was an institution in Montana. Uh, The late Ken Stanager, who passed away a handful of years ago. But he was a prominent sports agent from Missoula who sort of dominated this region, and he was the guy that brought so many scouts to Missoula, that got so many guys opportunities. He was sort of the Drew Rosenhaus of the Canadian Football League. He was Dave Dickinson's agent. He also was the agent, though, for a variety of other guys. And I think that is an underrated part of, of why this has sort of fallen off. But I also just think it comes down to pure talent. And so how does Montana get back to there? We'll see. But as, as we saw with the Bobcats this last year, because Montana State has not been some factory for the NFL either. They've had a guy here, a guy there. I mean, Alex Singleton was a great player for the Cats, who's now currently in the NFL. Bo Sandlin was an NFL draft pick by Montana State, the most recent NFL draft pick before this year when Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy went. But the fact that the Cats got two guys drafted and got six guys into camps is, is a testament to the, the pure talent they had on their roster. And I think that that's what Montana, partially at least, what they need to strive uh, to get back to. The fact is that the litmus test, Montana's in a much better spot as a program than Idaho State, but the litmus test here, they're about similar. Both both those schools have two guys playing professional football. That's sort of crazy to think that Montana's in that same situation. And again, I know it's not some revelatory thing talking about talent equals wins, but I think it's more than talent. It also has to do with culture and things like that, too. I talked to Shan Schillinger about this for the bio I wrote on him for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. And he was saying one of the number one factors in his ability to go from Baker, Montana, to the University of Montana, to the NFL, was not just his God-given ability, but it was the ability of Montana to develop him as a player, but also the culture that existed in the weight room at Montana, and also the blueprint that was provided to him. Tim Houck was his coach. Tim Houck said, here's how you do it. I was a small school guy from Big Timber that went to the NFL. Here's how you do it. Here's your blueprint. And I think that's been one thing that's been missing is just the blueprint for Montana guys to get there. I don't know if there's a definitive path like there was for so many years. I think that's absolutely right about the continuity. And it's a little, you know, heartbreaking to have those numbers because I think one of the great things about the Big Sky Conference and about this level of football is that, yeah, I mean, you can develop NFL players, but you're not recruiting NFL guys straight out of high school. Right. You have to develop players into contributors who will never get a chance at the NFL. And I think that's what we've seen Montana do. I mean, just thinking about the guys on that team, you know, Sammy Akem, he's a step slow right. to play professionally. They developed him into a great player. I mean, Jace Lewis, probably a step slow, probably a little bit too small to play professionally, didn't even give it a shot. Yep. Turn him into a great player. I mean, all of the, all the guys on that. I think Montana's sort of in a weird place because they're one of the few, they're they're one of the best schools at taking those guys who probably aren't yeah. you know size, strength, speed for the NFL and turning them into contributors. I mean, when you think about the contributors on that Montana team, Robbie Houck, another one, probably too small to play professionally. Certainly, yeah. Uh, 
turn him into a great player. And you have to do that at this level. You, I mean, that's sort of the the money ball part of it because you're not getting four and five star recruits. You have to take players who are undervalued because they're not fast enough or not strong enough or not big enough and turn them into contributors. So that's actually been one of my favorite parts about this Montana team. But you're right. You do have to have, I think, that top-level talent. One of the biggest positions that has fallen off is the offensive line. And it's something that I've been screaming and yelling about on this show for five years now. But maybe Dylan Cook is a little bit of a symbol of what's to come. Because he is that... It it used to be that if you were a starting tackle at Montana, you were going to get a shot in the league. Then that went away for like 10 years. Maybe this is the return of it. And who knows how good Dylan Cook could have been had he been playing for Bobby Houck and playing at Montana for the duration of his career rather than toiling as a quarterback up at Montana State Northern for several years before eventually walking on to the Grizz. But maybe that is a sign of things to come because that's where the development gets incredibly accelerated is the the big, strong, raw-boned kid from Montana who chooses Montana because he's from Montana and then goes from a three-sport athlete into Colin Dow or Levi Horn or Cody Baylog or Corey Proctor or J.D. Quinn or any of the guys that were uh, in the long line of Montana offensive linemen that went to the league. Yeah, we talked about this. I mean, how many in-state linemen are going to Montana or Montana State now? There just aren't those kids as much anymore. I mean, Which is it's such a weird phenomenon. I want someone to have a definitive explanation for me. I don't know we're ever going to get one, but I want it. Are you got to figure it out yourself. <laughs> I, I mean, know, you're the guy know. who knows the most about it. But, I mean, think about it. We're talking about the young... Who are the young tackles who are coming up after Dylan Cook in Montana? I mean, guys like Brandon, Brandon Casey, Casey. Colin Drees. Yeah, those guys aren't from Montana. They're out of state guys, right. Brandon yeah. Casey's from Sandpoint, and Colin Drees is from Phoenix. Maybe Tempe, some, somewhere down there in, in Arizona, regardless. Hey, and Montana right. State, right. same way. I mean, I know Ethan Abbott from Florence is heading over there, and he was the number one in-state lineman sort of this year yep. going over to Montana State. But how about those guys that they have coming up, like Rush Reimer's an out-of-state guy? For sure. I think that part of it is that a lot of the times guys are getting to play different positions when they're in high school. Like, you look at Jake Olson from Butte. Like, for all of the history of time until, like, the last 10 years – the 6'7", 250-pound kid is not getting to play tight end in Montana high school football. He's getting thrown on the offensive line, and he's just going to Montana to play offensive line. You know what I mean? It's like Caleb Kidder. Game's changing. Caleb Kidder was a great player. But I I always thought I always thought this, and, and Caleb Kidder was a great representative of number 37. He was a three-time all-league player as a defensive lineman. Caleb Kidder's getting drafted if he plays offensive line, I think. And I think if he just would have been an offensive guard from the very beginning— He's in the league. He might still be in the league if that's the case. And, again, you can't slight him. He got to wear 37 and be a great player at Montana for various defenses. And then, of course, there was the infamous move of him to the outside. Uh, of all of the stupid things that Bob Stitt's staff did, the single stupidest thing that they did was move Caleb Kidder, the best interior guy in the league, to the edge. But we don't have time to uh, digress into that. But I-, I do think that there is a correlation there, though, too. More linemen from Montana playing at the Montana schools will cater to more Montana schools guys going to the NFL. I I, I think that that's, uh, if we could ever revive that, it would be a direct correlation. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How about some free sandwiches? Also, how about one of the most epic meltdowns in major championship history? Tagliari Tuesday, your chance to win a $25 gift card. 
from Tagliari Deli, plus some commentary on the recently completed PGA Championship. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Ooh, a little sugar ray for you. Playing this because as I continue to retell this story from my youth, uh, sugar ray was huge when 311 was coming here in the late 1990s to Missoula. And uh, they were touring together, and it was supposed to be a 311 and sugar ray concert that I once upon a time dreamed of going to. Now I get to see 311 tonight at the Kettle House Amphitheater. Very excited for it. Welcome back to Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. It's a Tuesday. That means it's a Tagliari Tuesday. Tagliari, best deli in the city of Missoula, located there at the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. They have phenomenal sandwiches, charcuterie platters, cheese plates. They also have a great little Italian market. I cooked some pasta last night. The uh, the noodles I got there from uh, imported from Italy. Oh, my gosh. You might say, well, what's the difference between noodles? They're just noodles. No, no, no. These were so good. They were so delicious. I also like getting my pasta sauces, my olive oils there. They also have a phenomenal selection of old country wine. So go check out Taglieri Deli right there uh, next to the roundabout, Higgins and Beckwith. And uh, right now we're going to give you $25 to Taglieri Deli. Call us right now, 406-888-1029. Caller number three got a $25 gift, gift card to Taglieri Deli. It's 888 Two nine, thanks to Tag for their continued sponsorship of Tagliari Tuesday, and just thanks to Tag for making such phenomenal sandwiches and other goods and goodies for all of us uh, to enjoy. Soggle PGA Championship is actually funny. I uh, <laughs> I didn't bet on the PGA Championship this year, so then therefore I didn't watch as much of it as I normally would, but. I did sit down to watch it on Sunday for a minute. And right as I turned on the TV, I said, the guy who is in first place, Mito Pereira, he is an unknown. He's a tour rookie. And I thought to myself, you never wish bad luck, especially in golf, on anybody. That's, that's how you get the golf gods not on your side. But I, I thought to myself, well... It would be interesting to see if this guy hangs on, and it would be very dramatic and uh, very interesting if he doesn't. Well, Pereira, who's from Chile, he gets all the way down to the end of the round, and he is about to win his first major championship. Then 
disaster. He ropes one in the water off the tee on 18. Then he gets up to the hole, and all he needs is a bogey to at least keep him in the mix. And he misses the bogey putt. He takes a six. That helps him completely plummet from the leaderboard. He was in the final group, and so he doesn't even make the playoff. All he needed was a bogey to get into the playoff, and he doesn't get there. So instead, Justin Thomas and Will Zalatoris play a three-hole playoff for the Wanamaker Trophy. Perez says, today I was really nervous. I tried to handle it a little bit, but it was really tough. I thought I was going to win on 18, but it just wasn't. It, it is what it is. We'll have another one. I hope he does get another chance because it would be a great shot at redemption. But the fact that Pereira had a three-stroke lead going into the final round Sunday at the PGA Championship and then makes four bogeys and then a double on 18, yikes. Uh, Hopefully it's not a meltdown that lingers and affects him for the rest of his career. Hopefully it is one where he can get another shot at redemption. But it was an all-time meltdown, and it's – it's why major championship golf is captivating, but uh, it's also uh, <laughs> it's a bummer to it's it's one of the most compelling and also hard things to watch about golf is when you're watching a guy melt down because you just feel it in him and they the cameras keep showing him you can just see the nerves. That's all to say. Justin Thomas goes on and wins the uh, the Wanamaker Trophy, his first major championship since 2017. But it was uh, definitely both compelling and tough to watch Pereira melt down. Brutal, because in golf, you're watching it happen over the course of hours. I spent the whole afternoon on the couch sort of paying attention to the PGA Championship, sort of doing some other work, just hanging out. Man, to watch him, and it was a a couple other notes on this. First off, he missed a putt on 17 that was about half a revolution of the ball from dropping there. Um, and I think that probably affected him going up to 18 because he was probably still thinking about that because that basically clinches it for you. And he just pulled out driver right away on 18. I almost missed the shot because he just went right into it. That drive on 18 lost it up the right side of the fairway and into the creek there. The worst part about it, Coulter, they had his best friend in the sort of right. interview uh, stu- not studio, but in the interview chair as he was finishing up the back nine. Joaquin Neiman, there's who's only, the other there's only Chilean. Two, right, there's only really a couple guys from South America on the tour and totally only two guys from Chile, both of these guys. And, yeah, Joaquin was on the, the broadcast talking about this guy while he's falling apart. I mean, he was talking about watching TV with him the night before, and it was just <laughs> this crazy juxtaposition of, like, this nice domestic family scene combined with the pressure and the meltdown that was happening on the course that was tough to watch, man. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. We'll keep talking major championship golf throughout the rest of the summer. But for now, we got to get out. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Justin Angle, a business angle. We talk the PGA plus the live tour with Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson. Drama, drama. Is competition a good or bad thing? We also talk Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, and the impact that maybe Magic Johnson doesn't get enough credit for from a cultural and social standpoint. Keep it right here at CSPN Radio, the business angle, coming up next here on Nuanas Now. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. 
There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commission. Commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 